0: Good evening and welcome to the Bonafide Motor Show. I'm your host Joe Fleming, also known as So Tall right now. Welcome to week thirty-six of lockdown. Also week six week six of the Bonafide Motor Show. It's been uh, great having everyone join us. Um, Ginger Scotty. Had an interesting weekend last time. Um, It's been so great having everyone join us on the show, Um, uh, the guests like you, and um, having so much fun with the guests on the show, like tonight's guest is Dave Silliers. Um, I think I say this every show. I really enjoy doing this. It has been, well, it's like the only way we can connect outside of our normal motorcycle trips. All we have these days is the internet. So here I am doing live shows in my little office. I think it's kind of tidy. I actually wanted to show you guys, I know in the podcast you able to hear this, but that's called Studio Lighting, boys and girls. And there's my other one, my neat desk. Anyway, it's my little office, little office. So this show is... Uh, sponsored in uh, partnerships with uh, Motul. Last week, I did a little spot on uh, one of the products that I love very much, which is the Moto, um, the Moto Wash. Um, tonight's product, uh, something I actually used today on my wife's car, the Perfect Seat. Um, so I use this. She's got leather seats on her on her car. Um, I also use this on my Harley. So when I need to get that seat looking extra clean, obviously it's the perfect seat. Um, Also, the show is sponsored by Jack Black. I'm actually very low on Jack Black, so tonight it's sponsored by Roibos Tea. Um, So tonight's guest, we have Dave Silliers. He is um, very well known in the motorcycle industry of South Africa. He is part owner of ZA Bikers. Um, He is a very great guy. I I love seeing Dave. Whenever there is a new motorcycle being launched and Alan and myself are working the event, and when Dave's there, it's always a pleasure to see him. Um, He always has a smile on his face and he's always got a story to tell. And um, we once got sucked into a long story about suspension with him at uh, Roof of Africa, couple of years back. So I will not be asking him about suspension tonight. I'm going to be asking him about his travels because I know he knows Africa very well and he's also got a lot. He's had a lot of motorcycles in his lifetime. I think on the website it says he's owned over 270 motorcycles. Uh, I know that he doesn't have like a gallery. He doesn't have all 270 now, but he's had that many. So um, he definitely knows motorcycles really well. I, I would love to hear if he has his favorite motorcycle. Um, Wednesday night, we have Rich Mulholland from Missing Link. Um, he is, uh, like I put on the Instagram the other day, he's that Scottish guy, uh, who's a speaker. He's very well known. He's very eccentric. Um, I'm looking forward to have him on the show because he, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't hold back. So, um, very exciting. Luckily, um, we're allowed to curse on the show, so he'll be fun. Um And then Friday, I actually don't know how to say Charlotte's last name, um, but we have Charlotte... R- I, I don't know. But you'll have to go to our Instagram. Um, she recently did a trip from London down... She's actually supposed to go down to Cape Town, and she had some problems along the way. So we're going to talk to her about that on Friday. Um so for those who are new to the show, we uh, record all these shows each and every time, and they are now available on Apple Podcast. So you can go to Apple and search Bonafide Moto Show, subscribe, and you will never miss an episode again. So um, if you have questions, I actually see someone already asked a question down here. Let's see. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I actually meant to say that. Um, So my son is playing Fortnite right behind me. Maddie, how's Fortnite going? Good. Yeah, sweet. So um, I'm sure you guys probably maybe heard him killing people, talking crap to his friends. But um, now I think you're going to hear my voice and not so much Maddie. So um, without further ado, Dave, I'm coming for you, buddy. So, I'm going to send that friend request or connection over. ZA Bike. And there's also Dave Silliers on this podcast that's watching now. And I figured out today, tonight, it's Dave's son. Dave.
1: Hey, Joe. How are you,
0: bud? I'm well, thanks. How are you?
1: Yeah, I know. Awesome, man. Eh? Yeah. Oh, well, let, let me quite be When you can't do long
0: trips on your. Say that again. Looks like Dave, uh, looks like Dave is having connection issues. Um, Dave, I don't know if you are on Wi-Fi, if you can hear me or. Yes, Caperns, you can watch the show. Dave, are you on uh, Wi-Fi or cellular data? Wi-Fi, Joe. You have a terrible connection.
1: Um, okay. We can try uh, and improve that. Yes, yes. let's improve. Uh, that. I do have a, a lot of going, but let's, let's see if we can uh, fix that in the next 30 seconds.
0: Okay, cool. Cool. I'll wait for you. I actually noticed Dave has a cap on. Uh, it's a Triumph cap. Uh, I've got the same one. Um, for those who've watched the show, Ride Motors, Take Photos, actually got this for me as a gift um, a few years back. And being an American, obviously, I love this cap. So hopefully, um, Dave can find a new solution and we can have a better connection. And because I, I could also hear an echo. All right. Okay. We may have to connect to him again. Let's see. In the meantime, I'll open up my window. It's hot in here. Um, okay, I'm gonna drop this back. I can hear you. Right.
1: Okay. Okay. We're almost sitting on, on top of the Wi-Fi booster, the, uh, so.
0: Dave, I'm. Oh, okay, cool. Um, I'm just going to, I'm just going to disconnect and then I'm going to add you back again. So just stand by. 100%. Okay.
1: Yeah, back in. Do we have to do anything?
0: Uh, standby guys, technical difficulties. This does happen from time to time, but not very often. Okay. How's that? That doesn't seem to be much better. Should be. There we go. You look a bit smoother. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of um, uh, it's kind of dropping in and out.
1: Yeah, it's really weird because we have where I'm sitting right now. There's very strong Wi-Fi. We're literally okay. sitting a foot from the router.
0: Oh, okay, okay, cool. Well, it seems to be it seems to be a little bit better now. Um, it's not disconnecting as much. <laughs> you took the shadow off. Yeah, exactly. I've got a fancy little light right here. It's the only way I can wear a camera. I, the
1: the <laughs> I was so that's um, where I was.
0: Yeah. Um, Dave, it's good to see you, man.
1: Yeah, likewise, Jack.
0: I know, um, I know before lockdown, all the photos I. I think I saw, well, I thought they were of you, they were from your son, but it looked like he was getting ready for a triathlon. Yes,
1: yeah, he plays big time in that space.
0: And and are you a cyclist as well?
1: Yes, uh, not so prolific lately, but in my past, running marathons and long distance cycling was a big part of my life.
0: Okay. I am. Um, it's so funny. I, I, I've been following Dave Silliers on Instagram um, for a while and I saw he was a cyclist and I was like, damn, Dave. Good on you, man. You do Z A bikers. You got a full time job and you're, you're a cyclist getting ready for a triathlon. Um, mad respect. And then I realized it's your son. So yep. Iron Man. So Dave, Dave Silliers, little Dave is getting ready for an Iron Man. Much That's respect. So yeah yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. He's done a whole <laughs> bunch of those, both locally and overseas. So, yeah, and they wow. big in that space.
0: I've I've got a lot of respect for those people. It's um, it's a whole other beast of endurance. Wow, ah, totally. Yeah. So, Dave, I I've only had the pleasure of knowing you for like four or five years, I think it is. So, I've only known you as Dave from Z.A. Bikers. So, um, what I'd first like to know is, how did Z.A. Bikers um, come about? Well,
1: I actually got to know Simon Morton, uh, who we all know and love, um, when my son, that's now the younger Dave, uh, was planning to do a trip to Malawi. And he owned okay. a Honda Africa Twin, and he kind of said to me one day, you know, it's no big deal doing a trip like that on a big adventure bike. For this to be mm. a real adventure, I've got, to, I've got to try and maybe do it on a totally alternative, different kind of bike. And uh, that eventually got us to Simon, who at that time was importing T V S, the little Indian motorcycles, the guys who make the 310 motor for BMW. He was
0: importing...
1: Okay motorcycles into South Africa and Mm -hmm. he uh, hooked us up with the 160 which uh, my son then rode to Malawi and back Uh, and that's how Simon and I got to know each other and our friendship grew from then and then the idea of this um, ZA Bikers entity came about there was no online motorcycle entity in the country and it was really his kind of idea coming from the UK he was very of with that sort of thing and yeah. uh, what we have is the result of that. So, uh, by kind of good fortune, we got way ahead of the curve
0: there. You know. Yeah, I mean, I like I, I was just looking, looking through your website earlier, and there's so much content on there, and, and especially from you, and the articles that you've written. Um, it was there's there's a lot on there. So, for those who are in South Africa, looking at uh, motorcycle Content and reviews go to ZA Bikers. Um, Dave and Simon have done an outstanding job of reviews. And who's the one who's the one that rides the bikes and who's the one that writes the articles? Do you guys do a little bit of both or is it mainly you? Uh, I'm I'm predominantly the one
1: that rides and writes. Um, and then uh, Simon does all the editorial work, Uh, he does the odd review as well. But I think that the niche, uh, you know, he's very much um, a kind of IT fundy. So uh, the whole background to the website and making everything work and editing—that's absolutely um, what he does. And um, you know, I've I've been riding bikes since I was fourteen years old. So uh, starting off on fifties and over the years, you know, riding all sorts of bikes to all sorts of places. Um yeah. And. Um, that 280 or 290, it's probably about around 350 now. Um, but uh, yeah, what three
0: 350? Yeah, I'm afraid so. <laughs> that's why I'm not required, Joe. Okay, so let me, let me rephrase just in case anyone missed that. Um, and I did mention this in the beginning of the show that, um, on Dave's bio on ZA Bikers, um, it talks about I think he calls a car a The shopping carts. What do you call it? Uh,
1: A four-wheel shopping basket.
0: Yes, a four-wheel shopping basket, and that he's owned over two hundred seventy motorcycles, and now that number has been updated to three fifty. That's impressive. And and how many? How many do you? Stupid, but uh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And how many do you currently? How many currently reside um, at your home? Uh I need three, eh? Is it okay? Yeah. Okay, cool. I actually I, I took a guess and I told Al earlier I, I said I was like, I don't think he has any more than seven bikes at the house. Um but it seems you know, like the the the, the twelve hundred scrambler came out. I believe you were one of the first yeah. to purchase that. And yes. and now that one's sold. So tell yeah. me about about your bikes? Is it about just wanting to try all of them out? What's, no, what's your uh, process? Yeah, uh,
1: it's, it's kind of been a bit of a metamorphosis. And the, the problem that I have, Joe, is that um, many different types of motor- motorcycles appeal to me. You know, you have guys who are diving with sport bike guys, and all you'll ever see them on is a sport bike. Um, and uh, that's kind of where I cut my roots. But then, uh, but then by the same token, uh, we've done uh, two or three Tiddler tours where we've ridden 180cc bikes around Botswana up into the Caprivi and, and back again. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you I enjoyed those trips every bit as much as I did any other trip I've done on the big adventure bike. Um, Dave and I mm-hmm. went to, uh, up to Elephant Sands for a long weekend on some, some scooters last year. I rode them on the pans. Um, and we love that. So if it's got two wheels and a motor, I'm in. And, yeah. and there that, that lies the problem. And that's why there have been so many, because so many different bikes. Often it's been owning a dirt bike, an adventure bike, and a, and a sport bike all at the same time. And then maybe a kind mm. of retro bike thrown in.
0: Mm. That's just how it's worked. And, and what, uh, what three bikes do you currently have? Um, I've got, uh,
1: i changed my Triumph Scrambler for a Tiger 800. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Tigers. This is my third Tiger, um, and I absolutely love them. Um, And I I just think, functionally, it's a better bike than, for me personally, and this will create a whole lot of argument than the Scrambler 1200. um, Because it's, for the kind of trips I do, it's easier to pack the exhaust on the one side, the high pipe, very cool, looks uh, great, but functionally it, it doesn't work that great. Um, and uh, right. so the Tiger. Uh, then I've uh, got a Honda uh, Cross Runner, which is, uh, I've always loved V4 Hondas. Um, that, probably my favorite bike of all time would be my very first VFR 800 Honda, which goes back to mm. the sort of, uh, I think it was a 98 model, um, the pre VTEC. Okay. Um, model BFR 800. And uh, so I've always loved those bikes. I've got a CrossRunner. That one's not going to be there for too long. There's something else in the offing. Um, and then I've <laughs> got a... Uh, <laughs> I've got a, a GS 1200 Adventure, which... Um, okay. I so want to dislike BMWs because everyone likes them, and I tend to be a bit contrarian. But But that is truly a magnificent motorcycle. It just... Really, it's like a sports tourer with dirt road ability.
0: Yeah, I remember um, for years, like I, I mean, and I think I still classify GS riders as their own type of people. Um, and for years, I would talk crap about the the GS itself, um, but but I had never ridden it, um, which yeah. is ignorant of me to do that. And then, at the South African Motor Motorcycle Festival. At Kailami, I think it was like three years ago, Um, we we were sharing a stand with BMW, Bonafide Barbers was there cutting hair, and it it was sort of like an added value to the experience. And um, there that you could test ride all the different bikes. And um, someone asked me like, have you ever ridden a GS? And I said, hell no. And they said, look, why don't you take it out, go around the track, knock yourself out. And I was like, you know what, I'll do that. I was very impressed. Um, From a track perspective, that bike handled so well, it was so fast, I could get low into the corners. It was a fantastic motorcycle and I could see why, um, even on dirt, it's a great bike. It's a big bike, but it's very, very capable. Um, So I do have respect for it. Um, I'll leave it at that, that I have respect for the bike.
1: Yeah, I've, I've always been a fan of bikes that you can ride really, really big distances in the day because I, I tend to mm-hmm. do that uh, more often than not. And uh, if I ever choose any one motorcycle to ride to Cape Town uh, in on a day, uh, the GS Adventure would just top that list. Yeah. Uh, super comfortable, super capable. It doesn't feel heavy when it's rolling. It feels flipping heavy when it no. stops. But uh, yeah, just a great bike.
0: Yeah, I mean, we um, had an event in Cape Town last year in November. um, And I think it was like a four or five hour ride from Cape Town to the site. And I remember just putting the cruise control on like 200. And it was so smooth, so capable, very fast, um, great for touring. And I could see why you would choose that bike.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, it's, but you know, the GS have evolved over 38 years now, Joe. So you know, it's, uh, it's taken them a while, but I think they've got their recipe pretty dialed.
0: Yeah. And um, Dave, you recently had a trip at the end of last year to yeah. the Kalahari. Yes. So yeah, look, what bike would you take there? And tell me about this trip.
1: Well, we, uh, I did that trip on... It was always going to be a predominantly road-biased uh, trip because we were taking someone along who... Didn't have real uh, big bike off-road experience, and then he and I ended up doing a bit of that, and he handled it incredibly. But uh, I, I did that on my cross runner. But uh, we uh, had a, a a bonnie scrambler, um, and we uh, Simon was on his uh, Bonneville, which is uh, um, it's actually what was it? It, it was a a street um, street, street 20, which has been turned into a scrambler. Um, and that's hopped right. the motor a bit, and it's a lovely thing. So uh, he was on that, and uh, then Ryan, um, our other buddy, he was on a cross runner as well, but the previous model, actually a bike that I had owned previously. I tend to do that. All my mates ride bikes that I had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah
0: when I saw your now, scrambler, I, I was that. like, yeah, oh, So tell me about the trip. I want to. I want to yeah, hear. I don't fun. think I've chatted to you about it. No. So so
1: that trip. Um, we uh, we did a route that, that we quite like as a kind of week route, uh, week long route. We went uh, first night we stayed over at uh, uh, a little campsite in in Palakia, which is just across the border. Uh, second night we, uh, in fact, the second night we rode up near Rockops. So uh, we went past the Komarina Sanctuary, um, oh. and um, so you go Pelopia, Sarawi, Komarina Sanctuary, uh, and then we stayed at Rakops, which is on the Macharikari Pans. Uh, Leaving about a 230 odd k ride the next day into Mowen, Um where we uh, so we camped there uh, at the Rockops River Lodge, which was something amazing. Um, and uh, I mean, Kalahari sunsets, you know for yourself. There's just nothing like it in the world. It's indescribable. And uh, then we were in Mawen the next night. Uh, I think we only spent one night there, uh, sort of. I took the guys who hadn't been to Maun yet, took them around some of my favorite haunts there. And then we went to uh, Planet Baobab, which is at Gweta, which is halfway between um, Nata and Maun. And, Mound. Um, and uh, then we went to Elephant Sands. Um, we, had, we split slightly because um, Simon and Bjorn were very keen to go on to the, uh, the Pans. Um, um. We, uh, Ryan and I went on to Elephant Sands. And, uh, and they uh, ended up uh, following a herd of uh, impala, I think it was, or the springbuck in fact, on the pan, and getting so disorientated and so uh, dehydrated that they can nearly die on the pan. It's just such a no. lesson, to them, you know. You're not familiar with it. You're just having such a gas riding until you suddenly realize that I have no idea which way is home. And it was mm-hmm. uh, extremely hot. Um, one of the reasons why I chose not to go on the Pans, because I've done that before, a few years ago I rode mm-hmm. across the Pans with a 690 KTM and uh, realized that uh, you really, you can die there if you don't know what you're doing. So uh, anyway, mm-hmm. um, they ended up um, getting lost on the Pans, eventually uh, backtracking by literally riding back on their own track. when that dawned on them that that's what they should do, back to Narta <laughs> Lodge, and they were so... So I think elated and dehydrated. I think they sank more beers than you could ever ride a bike with just to to get going again. And and Ryan and I, we just had a most incredible evening at Elephant Sands, just watching the elephants coming in and out and drinking, walking right past us. It was just insane. I mean, that's one of the stupid places on the planet. And then uh, we, we rode back basically the next day. Okay,
0: geez, because I remember I remember last year speaking with you um, about the Kalahari. And it's and it's a place that I still haven't been yet. I've only I've been into Botswana, but the southern part. And I've been to the western part of Namibia. Um, So I tried to get to the Makarikari fans, but didn't make it up there. Um, But it sounds like if I ever want to go on a motorcycle. I'm your man. (laughs) Yeah. You're, you know where to go, and also to make sure I've got a support vehicle with water and fuel. I think that's yeah. the lesson that I learned there.
1: Yeah, look, with with hindsight, um, uh, if, if I'd actually gone onto the pans with the guys, I wasn't too happy riding the cross run on the pans, because it's not really dirt-worthy. Uh, it's really. way more a tarot to um Ryan and I ended up riding about six k's of deep sand on the bike the next day and it worked beyond my wildest expectations. So we could have, but, um, but because of the heat and because of uh, having experienced it before, uh, I decided not to go that route. Um, but mm. if I'd been with the guys, I would have, you know, said, whoa, you know, you started running ahead of yourself. But uh, it happens so easily in the moment and when you find out um, that you're in trouble, it's too late already, you know. Yeah. So uh, yeah. all, all, all it
0: ended well, but it could have been really ugly. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I've I've heard uh, Le- Alan's been there a few times, and and he's told me a couple of horror stories of that place and how how serious things get, and how people don't really take it that seriously when they go there, and they're they're really not aware of the challenges uh, and risk that are ahead of them, and. Um, I learned very quickly in his stories that that's a place to respect um, before you go there. So, um, But that makes me want to go there even more now. It's so your kind of place. And, um, yeah. You would love that place. Oof. Open up the borders. I'm ready. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, um, and Dave, you, you've had a, a A lot of motorcycles, and from what I've heard, I've actually called you a few times for advice on locations. Um, What's some of the places within Africa itself that you've ridden? Um, I think one of the most memorable trips,
1: uh, and and it was largely because of the time that we did it, was uh, uh, in 1975. I had a a 504 Honda. and uh, a buddy of mine had bought one of the first GL 1000 Goldwings, Wings. And uh, we did about a 6,000 K trip around the Den Rhodesia. So uh, we, we rode from here. We went through, through the border post at Messina, and then uh, rode, slipped over in Bulawayo, and got there at sort of 10 o'clock that night, because we had a bit of a scene. Uh, in those days, they used to have things called ghost cars. they follow you with a car, which uh, sort of like uh, duplicated your speedo reading, and then they'd say you were speeding, which obviously we were. I mean, to be a rocket scientist, mm-hmm. wherever you <laughs> rode in those days, you rode as fast as the bus. That was it, you know. Yeah. So traffic wasn't an issue, so what else was going to slow you down? So uh, after almost blowing up his F-4100, he eventually caught us this guy, and he fined us more than our holiday money was, and we thought, stuff that anyway, and off we went, and we thought we'd deal with that when we came back. Uh, which we did. Yeah. And luckily, those things were all thrown out of court, so we never had to pay the fine. Um, otherwise, we'd still be in debt. But uh, <laughs> we uh, in Bulawayo that night, and that was quite a hectic ride because we had arrived from the door, border. We rode in the dark to Bulawayo. Now, the game was absolutely prolific in those days. And we were right next to each other, um, and we fitted spots to both bikes with the spots fully on. So that you could see Buck that was going to jump across the road and this sort of thing. And it wasn't helped by the fact that we came across a Ford 20M that had hit a warthog. The guys were coming down to the nine-hour race at Kailami, which was, I think, the next weekend. And uh, they hit a warthog and, like, literally pushed the motor back a foot in the car. So it was totaled um, in the dark. So we eventually got to, uh, much the worse for where, got to Bulawayo that night. Um, Slept over in a campsite there and then rode to Big Falls the next day. And uh, the place was like a real enclave, you know. Um, you had a sandbags with uh, machine gun posts when you went over the bridge into Big Falls. And, um, you mm-hmm. know, whenever you went into a pub, the guys had Uzzies and nine malls and <laughs> 357 Magnums or whatever just everywhere because it was like this full scale terrorist war going on, you know. And uh, yeah. because of that, People were living it up uh, because it could well be their last day. So there was this amazing uh, kind of uh, positive uh, party vibe in the, in the whole place. So uh, we, we um, hooked up with some teachers training college students from Bulaway, and we just had a week of wild partying in Big in Falls, which was insane. I mean, the Big Falls, the Elephant Hills Hotel, had um, actually had a heat-seeking missile that had been fired at a viscount coming to land at the Big Falls Airport, missed the heat signal, and then locked onto the chimney of the um, Elephant Hills Hotel and went straight down the chimney and exploded in the kitchen of the of the hotel. So I mean, the poor guy who was busy making his morning sadza got a bit of a shock reaction. <laughs> but that's um, one way to
0: get fucking up.
1: <laughs> Yeah, I don't. it It is insane. But uh, I don't know if you've ever been there, but also an amazing place. Oh. Uh, there's a golf course uh, which they built, the Gary Player Design Golf Course there. And it's a regu- regular thing for lion or buffalo or elephant to chase you off, your, uh, off the courts, you know.
0: <laughs> so,
1: uh, that, that, is, that is insane. And uh, after that, we, uh, we rode to, to what was then called Salisbury or Harari now. And then across to the Eastern Highlands, which is a lot like our, uh, our sort of low uh, you know, Pumalanga. And um, rode in the mountains there with a buddy of ours. We had a Honda 750, and uh, you had to get petrol coupons back in the day. Um, so we got extra coupons being tourists, and we could share some with old Mike, who lives down here now, Mike Taylor. And um, we, we rode that whole area flat, and then he went back to Salisbury, and we rode down. To uh, what was then uh, Umtali, it's now Mutari, and then to um, uh, what was it called in those days? I don't even know what it's called today. Along the short to the where the Zimbabwe ruins is. Um, so we did that whole round trip, uh, which in those days, I mean, there was a strip road between um, Umtali and um, Fort Vic, Fort Victoria uh, was the name of the place. So you literally had two strips that you'd have to ride on the one. Uh, cars, in other words, would travel with uh, a track on each strip, and then whenever something came from the front, they'd each pull off so that only one wheel was on the strip and one wheel was on the dirt, and then go back onto the strip because there were such low volumes of traffic. Mm-hmm. So on back, you had to sit on this, uh, like, uh, not even, probably a one at best, a one-meter strip of, of tar, um, and uh, that could be a bit hairy, especially when you're riding into sunset and can't quite see through the bugs in your visor. But uh, yeah, incredible yeah. days arrive, you know. Um,
0: sheesh. and you said that that trip took you guys into Rhodesia.
1: Is that correct? Yeah, which is of course Zimbabwe. And, today,
0: I've you know. heard. So, so Rhodesia is is Zimbabwe.
1: Hundred percent correct. Yes, it changed okay. the name okay. changed to Zimbabwe when they got the independence.
0: Ah, okay, okay. Uh, I'm American. I'm a bit ignorant. So I've, I've learned something <laughs> new today, so thanks, Dave. <laughs> and um, Dave, so you said this this trip was in the '70s, mid '70s. Yeah. Um, 1975. In '75, and then after that, were you were were you always doing motor motorcycle trips throughout the year? Um, were they like like a couple times a year, every so often? How did that work?
1: Joe, in those days, I actually worked for a Honda dealership. Um, They they were were a Honda dealership, but they were the BMW and the Kawasaki importers for South Africa. Um, A business called Club Motors. It was a family-owned business by the Ludwig family, and they were the initial importers of Kawasaki and BMW motorcycles into South Africa. So, uh, I worked at their Honda dealership in Victoria, um, but... uh, I actually, uh, as a result of that, I bought the first BMW R100 RS um, that came into the country. Uh, That was in 1976 or 77, I'm not sure. And uh, I did a few trips to Rhodesia on that bike too. Um, Some very, very high speed ones because that was the first bike that came out with a full fairing.
0: Okay, see. And um, uh, I, I see Dave, your son, commenting quite a lot that um, it sounds like you were a really rad dad to him. Like, did you did you take him on motorcycle trips as well, or is he taking the piss? Like, what's going on here?
1: Uh, no, no, no. He, uh, he he basically started riding um, a PV Yamaha when he was probably just able to walk, and uh, so from three or four years old, he was he was on a bike. Uh, my dad had ridden Hollies in the war and such. But he never owned a bike, so I only got into this thing late compared to my son. Uh, but my son's ridden since he was three, four years old and never stopped. Um, so because I normally had a couple okay. of bikes, uh, once I taught him to ride, he and I did a lot of trips down to um, ET, as we called it in those days, on Pumalanga, um, and we we do a lot of trips down there,
0: sort of overnighters, you know? Okay. Okay. And um, uh, one place that I've always been very curious about in terms of the riding, um, not other stuff that's happened there, is Angola. Did you ever yeah. go riding in Angola? And how? when did you go there? I, I, I never
1: did. Uh, I, I did um, ride in, in um, Namib- Namibia, um, but okay. Angola was sort of the problem in the early days because there were a lot of landmines which they hadn't lifted yet from the war. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and and the infrastructure was very questionable, so it was it was uh, that that's probably the main uh, reason for it. Uh, what I rather did was um, I went up um, through Botswana, through Zambia, went to Malawi, um, Lake Malawi. Um, it was there was more certainty uh, in terms of of those sort of trips. So uh, Angola is. Uh, Funny enough, I'm not sure that it's a bucket list thing, but the more I see about it, the more I do find an appeal. I'm a desert man, Joe. Um, uh, wherever, wherever there's a desert, I want to go and ride there, you know. It just has a good uh, appeal. Like- I think Namibia needs a huge... In December, Dave and I were up there and uh, in the Commerce Hotline, and uh, that's a ride uh, between Bintuk and Spock Mund, and then uh, into the Nowcliffe uh, National Park. Uh, we want to do some serious riding there. It's phenomenal. Um, it's
0: indescribably beautiful. Yeah, that's area, um, I just became familiar with it last year when I did the rock climbing trip to spitzkop um, And I had always wanted to go to Namibia. And I got to see some really cool parts of Namibia, um, like driving out through that area. But there was still a lot that I didn't see. However, at least I got to become aware of the country and what it's like and know that i'd love to go on a bike um i think to get there from Joburg is quite a feat um it would be nice to kind of get a little bit closer to that side so that you're riding you can kind of start the riding there but um i think eventually you know we alan and i were talking about doing a namibia trip um on bikes sometime very soon and it's been something that's A lot of our guys really want to go and explore. And, um, uh, you know, at some point, we've got to take people there. It just seems to be such a special place.
1: Yeah, no, incredibly so. In fact, uh, these days, it's a lot easier because you can go through Botswana on the trans Kalahari highway, which uh, Mm -hmm. in the old days didn't exist. So we always had to take the long way around. And then it was two and a half thousand kilometers to Bintouk. Now, it's about 1,700 Ks to Bintouk. So that's, you know, um, you can be into South where or Namibia in a day now. If you leave early morning and you ride reasonably hard, which you can because there's not much traffic and uh, high speed open road distances, um, you yeah. need a bit of fuel range, but it's doable. So incredible riding, it's, it's off the charts. I uh, had an interlude from the bike industry Uh, where my brother and I, for two years, we repaired First and Second World War graves all over the country, but particularly um, in uh, Namibia, because um, a little bit of First World War history, um, South African, what was then a German Southwest Africa, uh, taking it from the Germans in the First World War. So uh, the South African Defence Force uh, went up and they had a campaign in uh, what was then German Southwest Africa. And that's why Windhoek uh, was actually given to um, South Africa as a bit of a protect- protectorate. It's still South African territory, although it sits in the middle of Namibia. Um, yeah. So we actually followed the course of that action um, along the railway line where guys were killed, obviously because of the heat and so on, they'd have to bury them right away. So that's uh, we had some amazing experiences there. Um, Literally sleeping in graveyards because we were doing the work. Wow. Come back Some to amazing it. wildlife encounters and, and adventures. And that and that got me keen wow. on riding I, there because I've been visited all places.
0: Yeah. I mean in, in Namibia, like um, you know, Murcia Mersha um, was I think one of our second or third guests and she was in Namibia on a dirt bike trip and that's, that looked proper remote. Um, that looked like the Namibia that I want to go see, like just nothing out there, nothing.
1: Yeah, no, that, that's exactly it. Um, speaking of nothing out there and, and motorcycles, another trip uh, that, that's incredible is to to do what is called the Pella 4x4 Trail, which runs essentially from um, Springbok uh, along the Orange River, all the way into Namibia, to a place called al and then you, you ride through a canyon and end up at um, where the uh, warm water springs are. Uh, I'm trying to think of the name of the place. Um, near, very close to the fissure of a Canyon, um, but okay. absolutely mind-blowing trip, trip on the bike. We rode there, three of us, where for three days we didn't see another human being, not a single solitary human being, sleeping while camping next to the river, um, it was just spectacular. Wow! That, that's, I'm, I'm surprised that's never become a popular adventure bike ride. But the four-by-four car guys uh, do it a lot, probably because there's so much sand. What was the name of that road? It's it's called the Pillar Trail. P-E-L-L-A. Cool. In fact, uh, the little the little town of Pillar. Um, it's it's just tiny little town, and it has this magnificent Roman Catholic cathedral standing in the middle of this little shanty town. It's, it's bizarre. But uh, there was a, they, they, they literally they had a um, sort of missionary station there, and uh, they eventually built this, this spectacular church just standing in a shanty town, uh, which is maintained to this day. Um, it, it's absolutely a must-do uh, to
0: visit the little mm-hmm. town of Pella. I've um, I've got this link now. I found I found a, a description of the trail, so I'm gonna have to do some research on it. Um, I think I've some of those areas sounded very familiar to me. I think when Alan and I did a trip out west, some of those areas sounded quite familiar. So um, I'm sure it was kind of nearby where we were. Um, yeah, oh. and Dave, you we 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 we've been speaking a lot about Africa and your trips. Have you ever done any any motorcycle trips outside of Africa?
1: Um, well, because of uh, the, some of the bike launches we we've, we've been on, um, I've uh, I've been to India. Uh, that wasn't on a, on a on a bike launch per se. Simon and I went to uh, visit TDS and Euro Honda um, in India. So uh, we saw a little bit of India. It's a place I certainly want to go back. And very much after yeah. seeing some of the footage of your trip, it reminded me of what is a spectacular place to travel. Oh, um, so I'd like yeah. to go back there. Um, but I've uh, I've ridden Harleys in France uh, from Marseille to saint tropez and back. So we went the one way. We went through um, the uh, uh, through Provence and then came back along the coast. That was just incredible. On. Uh, the Dynalope Glide S uh, launch. Um, okay. And um, then I ho- rode Hollies in Croatia, um, which is also a spectacular place to ride bikes. Um, low volumes, magnificent roads, beautiful little villages, um, marvellous places to stop for, for uh, meals and things. And that event was called Ride, Ride, Slide. Uh, and on the last day, they'd actually had a whole lot of 750 Harleys converted into flat trackers. with uh, oh, the, cool. Yeah. And that they'd really, I mean, chain drive, the whole bit, they were spectacular things. And um, uh, Ruben Zaus, the uh, world Super X World Superbike uh, guy, he was actually uh, the guy teaching us uh, how to ride these things. And uh, I mean he can pedal anything with two wheels and an engine. So uh, that is incredible. Uh, absolutely incredible just getting sideways on those things.
0: Um I, I want so, someone to teach me how to get sideways on a flat track. Wow yeah, no, uh, incredible. Yeah, I think I think Justin taught her well Justin's your um, man. No, Justin's your man. He's, he's Yeah, I've I, I kinda I kind of know a bit, but I don't have enough time to like play, I don't have a bike to like play around with, um, to try to learn oh, how to do oh, it, but it's cool. Oh. Seeing you it's on the Harley, I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, surprised. I don't think you'll see me again on the Harley out at Skowskop. I, I don't think, I don't, I'm very, I've been very tempted, um, yeah. but you know, if, if if something were to happen to that bike on the track, you know, then it's no. my ass. It, and it's not cheap to fix that bike. Um, I think the once no, was good. enough. And for those yeah. who got to watch me going around the flat track on my, on my chopper, woo, it was yeah. a sight. That was, uh, that oh. was so much fun. Yeah. So much no,
1: fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, um, then, of course, we, uh, we got to do a KTM 790 World Launch in Morocco, which is an incredible place to ride. You know, me and Deserts in Morocco, so that fitted the bill. And uh, another KTM world launch was in uh, Peru, um, where the 13th stage of the previous year, uh, year, the 2013, in fact, Dakar, we rode one of the stages of the, of the Dakar on the 1290s, And uh, that was absolutely incredible too. I mean, indescribable scenery, but definitely a place that I would love to go back to.
0: Yeah, Peru um, uh, is, it's a very, very special place. In terms of landscape, wow. It's a yeah. stunning, no. stunning. yeah. Um, yeah. And um, where, like, ha, did you have any? Did you have any trips planned, like during this time? And um, and also, like, where where are you gonna? Where do you want to go explore next?
1: Um, the 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 cruise, uh, and. Um, the Cedarberg. Um, I'd like to go back mm. to the Cedarburg. I have been there before, but I'd love to go back there um, at the end of a trip in the Tanqua, and then definitely um, that Thomas Hochland Road in uh, in Namibia. Uh, that that got to get ridden, and I want to spend a night camping in the Namib, where there's not another human being within 100 k's, and yeah. uh, and just flipping, watching that sunset with a fire going and Hopefully, uh, Dave is getting all itchy there, and he—I think he's up for that trip.
0: Is he going to join
1: you? Yeah, he'll—he'll he'll join me for sure. Yeah, no, he—he <laughs> uh, he shares my love for uh, for remote places
0: and deserts. Oh, good. And what's um, what's a what's another bike trip that the two of you have done?
1: Um. Wow, we've we've actually done so many. Um, most most of them were at a at a sort of uh, a sport bike stage where we would do very high speed trips uh, down the twenty two uh, in, wow. in in Sauber Hazyview. And uh, I mean, when we started riding Sabi Hazyview, there was no such thing as the twenty two. It was literally all the way to Hazyview. The the the, okay. the road was like a billiard table, smooth. You know, so uh, the the corners just never stopped. So uh, we we got to know literally every bump and crevice in that road because every mm. second we came, we'd be down there. And uh, Dave has got some not so uh, good memories of that. Um, he broke a VFR four hundred literally in half uh, there and lived to tell the tale. So, so that uh, convinced him that adventure biking was maybe a better way to go than uh, the, <laughs> the sport biking. No,
0: I can't I can't stomach the the sport bikes. I, I do have a heavy foot and a, and a heavy throttle hand. Um, and I'm grateful that my Harley can only go so fast and the Triumph that I've had can only go so fast. Um, I do not trust myself on a sport bike at all. Um, no way. No way, Jose. <laughs> uh,
1: you know what, Joe, with uh... With my advanced years, a little bit of wisdom has uh, snuck in there somewhere, and um, I I like going quick, but I think because of the experience of years of riding, I kind of know my limits pretty well, and uh, I don't need to get those, you know?
0: Yeah, I remember we were, um, I was on a launch of BMWs, I think it was their 1200, 1250 range. It was, I, I think, four, three, four months ago or something. And they actually you no, know, it was before the bubble run, um, and they took us. We flew into Hazy View, I, I think it was Hazy View, whatever airports around there, and yeah. we swapped out on different bikes. And yeah. one of the bikes, they were they were big bikes, and I just remember finally like getting to open up on a different bike on the twenty two, and I was following a guy named Charles. And I think he's one of the he's done the um, the GS challenge before, so he could roll it. And that was the first time, second time, being on the 22, trying to keep up with someone. Like yes, last year on, on my Harley, I could not keep up with Alan. Um, but years passed, I can keep up quite well sometimes. But trying to maneuver a bike like that on the 22, ooh. Because I know that road and it can get hectic um, if you're not comfortable with the bike. And um, I I eventually had to back off at one point. I was like, nope, not feeling too good about this.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, it it can be very, very hectic. And uh, the, the, the problem is you never know who you're riding with and what their level of expertise is and how well they know the road. I mean, there's some guys that live down there who ride that road literally every weekend and uh, to try and follow those sort of guys who know the road and its current conditions so intimately is just foolish. So uh, sometimes you've got to just take it, go polish it, put it in your pocket and leave it there.
0: <laughs> That's it. That's it. I, I remember the point that I backed off. I was like, okay, boys, I'll, I'll see you at the stop street. <laughs> or I'll see you after that big uh, flat, after a big straight section by the Adventure Park. Um, I think I've been yeah. caught up to them again now. Because on the straights I'm one, yeah. um, but it it was nice to to like ride with someone who knows that road and to watch someone else just really power through. It's um like and that's no. that area of the <laughs> I still say is one of my favorite areas in South Africa to ride, um, and I think that's why I love the the bubble run so much, is because there's so many different roads um, through Pilgrim's Rest. Out to God's Window, the 22, there's such a wide range of roads um, in Mpumalanga. It's, it's a fascinating place. Yeah,
1: no, it is very special. And in fact, um, to, to go off on the Barberton side is not a bad idea, too, because there's some, there's some nice roads, especially from an adventure bike perspective. Um, past that uh, old, um, it was an asbestos mine back in the day at a place called Dip Gazette on the uh, Swaziland border. Um, but it makes for absolutely spectacular adventure bike riding too. So, next time you guys do your, your search of Swazi Gold, it's worth doing a little detour past there. Really, really amazing road.
0: Where, where, it, so, we, we go into Bulembu. Yes. And I think now, that factory is near there, is that correct? It,
1: it is. In fact, when uh, about probably two or three k's before the Bulembu border post, a road turns off to your right and drops down into the valley. Just, just yep. go down that road. It's, it's short enough to be able to go down there and come back up again. But you have okay. to go down to that dip Gazette mine. Uh, the road is magnificent going down there. That's another nice road that Dave and I did. Um, he, he actually had 800 Tiger at the time, and we, we had a lovely ride down into that valley um, as well. But that's, that's a must uh, for you guys to do.
0: Um. When, when we were there just before the lockdown, I saw that road and, and there's something, there, there, there's, there, was, there was a sign for something down that road. And Al, I remember both Alan and I rode past it and we're both kind of looking, you know, like we you look to see what's down there. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, so when we, hopefully when we go back in October, th- the only okay. problem is when we go that time of year, um, we're always uh, pressed for time. The last two times we've gone there, we've gotten to the border post within a 15 minute window of it closing. Um, so the only way to avoid that is that we leave Johannesburg super early in the morning, but um, uh, we will have to go check that place out. You must. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Dave, we've only got a few minutes left um, and I wanna make sure that I don't have to cut you off uh, in the wrong spots. Um, so I am going to say thank you and good night. Um, it was so good to have you on the show and and to hear some of your stories. Like, like I said, in the beginning, I always enjoy seeing you where, wherever it is. If we're at the dealership or some bike launch, um, it's always great to see you. You've always got a smile on your face and, um, you've always got some great stories to tell. So I'm glad we were all able to listen to them tonight. And, um, and see little Dave's enthusiasm of his legendary dad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Very kind words, Joe. Uh, now it's just a privilege to have been able to enjoy motorcycles around Southern Africa for so many years, you know, and hopefully for a few more to come. And uh, I hope I get to ride some of those with you, my friend. Namibia is waiting and Botswana is waiting for us. Yeah.
0: yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. So everyone, thank you for joining us on episode 16 I think week six Um, this podcast will be available tomorrow on Apple podcast we will put out a link uh, on the website and um, we've got Rich Mulholland on Wednesday and Charlotte on Friday I still don't know how to say her last name um, but I'm looking forward to having both of them on the show Um, yeah uh, can we all just get out and travel again soon Hmm. Can't wait. Ken, all the best, everyone. Much love. Thanks, that?